Hello, and welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins. I have the great pleasure of hosting Dr. Frederick Graves. Once again, I think this is our third or even fourth interview. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was one on the Choose Freedom Summit, and uh, I've seen you're very active in your groups. Uh, welcome to everybody who's here, by the way. I'm going to get Rockfin started before we get too far so that that one is live as well, and I will share a link to it. So if anyone would prefer to jump over to Rockfin... Here is the link. And uh, just to say a quick hello to Disciple of the Messiah is here. And Ian McDonald, faithful student of the law, learning a great deal in the back end. Michelle, nice to see you. And feel free to come and jump in, say hello. If you guys have questions for Dr. Graves, definitely feel free to leave those in the chat as well. And how are you, Frederick? So nice to see you. I keep bumping along. Uh, if I make it till April, I'll be 80, and I keep thinking about that. It's, kind of, it's really fun. The older I get, the, the better life is, I believe. That's beautiful. That's exactly how it should be, right? We had so much propaganda that had us fear aging and fear, you know, what's on the other side of aging, dying itself. And uh, I, I thoroughly agree. The further I go on in, in life, the more I learn, the, mo- the easier things get. It always shocks me when it t- took me a decade to figure out one little hack in my house or, you know, way to be that would have made things easy for me. But so better late than never. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 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 So we're here to talk about the principles of justice. And uh, one of the prompts uh, for this interview was that you saying that you didn't want to just help people win in court. That, of course, that's important. Your course is excellent. Many, many people have used it. I myself have it. I haven't worked entirely through it. But uh, I know a lot of people who have and uh, have got the benefit of that. So today we're going to talk more about rather than just uh, mandates and issues but what is, you know, at the source of that that can cure, as you talked about, more um, uh, evil from the side of the the actual principles, look beyond the horrors yes. uh, that are in so much need of repair and uh, get right to the, the cause of it. So do you want to start there? I just appreciate any, any opportunity where I can share what I've learned over these 80 years because it needs to be shared. And I think that... God's taught me some things that I think other people will have to agree with if they will just allow themselves to hear this and consider it and weigh it and see what they think. Um, Shall I proceed? (laughs) Sure. I I, I mean, I have to imagine that this is a sacred calling for you. It is. Is that how you feel about it? Yeah. It very much is. Yes. Mm well, I, I could I could start with that. That's sure. a good place to start. Absolutely. So, this is a season to buy things for your friends and boom the economy by filling the streets with motor cars and all the shopping centers, you know, bumper to bumper with human beings. But what it's really about is a little baby, and that baby really, if people will allow this to go through their mind. The baby wasn't any different from any other baby. It was innocent, totally, absolutely innocent. The difference was, according to the way we understand the story, is he remained innocent. He was always innocent. And whether you want to believe that that's true about this person that we, whose birth we celebrate all over the world, 
whether you want to believe that or not, you, you have to understand that. I hope you will understand that what the story proclaims is an individual who was maltreated, who was a man of sorrows, if we're to understand what Isaiah believed about him. Uh, he wept there in the garden before they took him away to Caiaphas's house to do all these terrible things. Um, he was a regular person. And people say, well, he was the son of God. Well, okay, that's fine. That, that's true. If, if, if that's what you believe, fine. But we need to perhaps, maybe it's time that in the history of the world and in the history of Christendom, that maybe we pay more attention to something that happened that is not much talked about. And that is the purpose that came into the heart of this man Caiaphas, who was the chief justice of the state of Israel, who, along with his cronies, purposed to murder this innocent man whose birth we are celebrating. Now, that's what your Bible says. It may not be what you've heard from the Bible, but if you read the Bible, that is exactly what the Bible says. From that day, they purposed to kill him, I believe is the exact words in the King James, not far for it. From that day, they purposed to kill him. That was not Pilate. That was not the, the Roman Pilate. He, he wasn't the one who, he didn't want to send this innocent man to the cross. He really didn't, but Caiaphas did. And I want to share, if you allow me, please, and I so appreciate this opportunity to share this with people, because it does come around to this word justice and what we can do together to make the world safer for the little people, the little children, and the innocent people. Caiaphas had what I call, and what I think your Bible calls, the spirit of Diotrephes. And those of you who have a Bible and read the Bible, whether you want to believe the Bible or not, it's an interesting book. But John, who was the only one who had the courage to go to this terrible place where people were being nailed to upright pieces of wood. What a terrible thing to do to a human being. But he was the only one that, of the men who had that courage. He was there with Jesus' mother. And yet later on, after all this went about and came to pass and he was traveling around the country telling people about this man that he had that he had known on whose breast he had leaned that last supper they say the one that jesus loved i know jesus loved all of them but i think he loved john more but here was john traveling about and he went to this one man's gathering well his church we'll call it after all that's that's at least that's what he thought it was that he had. This man's name was Diotrephes. So here's John, this courageous John, this one who loved Christ so much that he was he was going, not going to be afraid of the spears or the drunken soldiers and their, and their belligerence. He was there at Calvary. He watched our Savior die. But here he was later on traveling around the country, and he visited this church, that was run by a fellow named Diotrephes. Um, you can look up the spelling. It's in the third, third book of John. But the book tells us that Diotrephes 
and this is pretty much directly a quote, who love to have the preeminence. And I hope you'll let me come back to that. Diotrephes wanted to have the preeminence. He wanted to be the big G's. He wanted to be the hierophant. Some of you the listening may know what that word means and, and where you heard it. The hierophant, the one dispensing all knowledge. And <laughs> he wouldn't let John speak. It came to me only recently, believe it or not, after 80 years, almost 80, that this spirit of Diotrephes tempts all of us who are males. We want to have the preeminence. Caiaphas wanted to have the preeminence. That's why they set out to kill this innocent carpenter, because he, he was beginning to be very popular, and the people were listening to him, and Jesus was saying, if, if you want to know who God is, look inside. The kingdom of God is within you. And other things that Caiaphas didn't didn't want those people to hear because he wanted those people to come to Caiaphas. And Caiaphas would tell you all truth because Caiaphas also had the spirit of Diotrephes, as do many people today, unfortunately, and express it in an unpleasant and disturbingly disastrous way with consequences adverse to the rest of us. So these truths, I feel, are part and parcel of, of what we ought to be thinking about as we gather around the Christmas tree and share our presence and share our love and, and think of what Christmas really is. Because it, it is about the birth of a baby who did this thing for us that no one else has done as he did it. He has made it possible for us to see and what has he made it possible for us to see? I believe one of the most important things is he's shown us what injustice is, what it looks like. Look at the bleeding Savior. Yes, we know all about the people who tell us this is how we get to go to heaven. This is what life after death is all about and everything. That's wonderful. I hope you do have that security. But also, he tells us from that cross, this is injustice. And I believe he calls us to work together, that being the operative term above all others, to do it together, not individually, here and there, this case, that case, parading against the courthouse, doing this, making all this noise and nonsense, but coming together and learning that we do have a light we do have a truth, many truths, really, that we can hold to, and that this nation, above all other nations that claim to be free, above all nations that claim to be democracies, uh, we have this ability to show the world that we have a unity. We have something that binds us together, and that which binds us, of course, is the hope of liberty, to hope to enjoy liberty, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the hope to enjoy those things. But I think we've come to the age when we must begin to see that to have that liberty, we must have justice. And if we wait to have that justice at the hands of others, then 
we need to be knowledgeable enough to control the hands of those people who wield the power over us, those people who tell us what is moral and what is not moral, and without getting into all those arguments about which you know, millions of us will be arguing about for who knows how long, the fact of the matter is that the, 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 the idea of what is right and wrong in this country is in large part determined by the decisions of appellate court justices over which the average man and woman have no power whatsoever. So my call to the American people is, why don't we learn about justice? Why don't we learn about these wonderful things called the rules of evidence? Oh, they're so much fun. They're easy to learn. It's just a matter of, you know, what, what should somebody be allowed to say so that we can get at the truth? And what should they be prevented from saying so that we don't go down some rabbit trail or some crooked path to achieve some goal for some invidious purpose of some someone who doesn't have our best interest at heart? We have these rules of evidence. We have this ability to object, to make a record, to call witnesses. And and I, I can hear you out there, wherever you are, some of you, oh, he doesn't understand. Oh, all the courts are corrupt. All the judges are crooked. Every lawyer's a crook and so forth and so on. Well, so what? Even if that was true, it doesn't that mean that we, the people, should stand up and, and take this lamp and lift this lamp brighter and brighter and brighter for all the world to see so they could look at us someday and say, we are America. We are the kind. We are the gentle. We are the peacemakers. And we have sacrificed so many young lives to make the peace. We went overseas in World War I. We went overseas in World War II. We didn't have to go. We were invited. We didn't have to go, but we went because that was what the spirit of America was. Today, America is divided. It is almost to the point of being shattered. But I believe that we can fix it. We can bring all the pieces together, all the various things we argue about and compete about and get all upset about. And I, I don't need to list for you what those things are. You all know what they are. The things that divide us, they're nothing but ideas. So I'll say this and then I'd like to hear from you, Beth, but I've come to the point of being fully persuaded that every malady that humanity suffers, every single one of them, even, even health matters, certainly political matters, certainly spiritual matters, relationships that we have that are broken, every one of these terrible things that happens to us that prevents us from being happy and enjoying happiness with other people arises from one thing that we all can understand if we choose to, and that is believing something that isn't true. If we could just hold on to that, think about everything that hurts us. It is the result, one way or another, of someone believing something that isn't true. So we can help each other to, to find that truth and hold to that truth and come together and grasp it as one being, one people under God. Amen. 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 Sound off. I, I love to talk about this. That's awesome. Uh, we'd love to hear you very much. And uh, it's actually a constant theme for me. My whole work that I do as a coach, helping to people to deprogram, it's exactly that look really closely and see, is it true? Does it hold validity? 
does it hold authority? Does it hold power over you? Mm. Because if you just stay at a distance, then it's easy to conclude unconsciously that yes, all of that stuff has power over me. But when you look in and you see, oh, it's actually not even alive. It's an automation. It doesn't have its own validity. And I think that's actually a, a really good parallel for the public legal system, because without our input, it's a big fat nothing. Hmm. I like to remember that, that people talk about the, the power of darkness. And I remain fully persuaded that the darkness has no power. The, the, the darkness has to invade when light is removed. But darkness can't chase the light away. The light can chase the darkness away. So the question for the American people to be the example to the world that we are called to be, that we have an opportunity to be, maybe a responsibility, but I like to think of it more, it's an opportunity, not, not such a heavy responsibility. It's just a matter of deciding we're not going to listen to the lies anymore. We're not going to follow the lies anymore. But in order to be prepared and equipped to do that particular thing, we need to know what the truth is. And we need to know how to assert the truth and to create a record of the truth so that we, un, unkind as it may seem, but so we can force people who believe lies and who are interfering with our happiness, we can force them to realize that you can't win. The light, the truth is going to win. Good people, honest people, honorable people, kind people, generous people, we're going to win if we will learn to take up this lamp and this light and help the children to understand that you have this thing called justice. It's not the lawyers. It's not the judges. It's something much more wonderful than that. It's a system of rules. It's a mechanism by which peace and prosperity can be secured for every living human being on this planet. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. The truth will set us free, Karen. Nice to see you. <laughs> She's doing your course and getting lots out of it. Hello, Joy, for 118. Nice to see you. So many lies. Yes, so many lies. And, um, you know, you can spend all day long chasing the lies. That's another big trap mm. that I've seen many people get into, and they become hyper-focused on what's not true. Mm -hmm. And there's a time for that. Like, you, you do see through the illusion, oh, it's a lie, and then what? And then what? What are you going to create? What are you going to make of it? How are you going to bring this to a place of actual justice for everybody involved? So yeah, that's a that's a big subject of mine. And personally, my my cure for that is to create what the people need, what God is calling me to create, just like what you're doing as well. I get so lost in the creation. I don't have time for all of the things that are frightening. Yes, I know they're happening out there. I trust that God will show me when I need to know something. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other and keep having faith that the ground is there. And that by doing for people what I can do to make easy for them what was harder for me, then that is how, you know, to me, that's actually a really big part of justice, because then I'm following what I feel to be God's law speaking through me. And we are winning. The light is winning. It always wins. There's a time of darkness, but the light always wins. The truth always wins. Love always wins. Love never fails. If 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 we just if we could just all wake up tomorrow morning and, and realize that 
that, gee whiz, all I have to do is, is hug my wife, buy her some flowers at least once a year, <laughs> something, be kind to people. Life, life is so much easier. But we believe these lies and we suffer from other people who believe lies, sometimes lies about us, things that they believe about us that aren't true. But we, we can shake that off if we know what the truth is. And if we help each other to see the truth in all things, not opinions, not, not the, but things that we know to be rock solid. And, and the courts are there. I've, most of the judges that I've known were wonderful people. I, I knew a couple who were scoundrels. I'll admit that. And many of the lawyers I met were scoundrels. But I also knew some very fine lawyers who wanted to do what was right, who wanted to, to help people that were suffering, people that couldn't afford to, to uh, just go on and on and on and keep paying the lawyer for the next 30 years, as some lawyers have done. But these were better lawyers. And some of the judges I've known, I think right now of Judge Roy Ulmer, he was a chief justice in, in uh, Pinellas County, uh, wonderful human people. David Seth Walker was another, just an excellent judge, kind to his core. And I just want people to understand, please don't fear the courts. Please don't anticipate that everybody's crooked and maybe look within yourselves as the Lord told us to do, judge yourself so you won't be judged to look within ourselves and ask ourselves, well, maybe maybe we're not doing this correctly. Maybe the reason the judge is giving me a hard time is because maybe my pleadings didn't state a cause of action, or, or maybe I didn't do the discovery that I should have done to get the evidence into the record. And now I get angry because I can't put the evidence in later after the case is over with. Silly things that we're doing in, and blaming the people in the court that could be helping us. And, and I think also, while we're on that, you know, understanding that this same set of teachings, such as just the rules of evidence, would, would cure problems we have at home with our, with our spouses and our significant others. When we begin to realize, well, by golly, let's have this relationship according to a set of rules. Let's not just have it random and what you feel like today and what I feel like. And you must be wrong because I have to be right and all that nonsense we don't have to live like that anymore. Come on, it's 2022. You know, I believe there's going to be a time when the lion's going to lie down with a lamb. And I have people say, oh, you're just crazy. No, I don't think so. Because a whole bunch of really wise people told me that was going to happen. So I want to be on their team. <laughs> <laughs> there you I, go. I want to be on their team. Yeah, and you don't have to wait for it, right? That Because I feel like I've got all kinds of experiences with that when I do the inner work, like you were saying, I let go of my aggression, I let go of my pride, my sorrow, my fear, my lust, all of that kind of thing. And I have a, you know, an enemy before me that I perceive to be an enemy, mm -hmm. then I can navigate in a way that is actually going to serve myself and serve the other party and leave people, you know, I'm, I won't claim to be successful at this all the time. I took a piece out of the mailman the other day and I'm like, Oh no. God, that just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't cool. But you know, that's what we have uh, as the opportunity inside of ourself to an enemy is not an enemy. It it really takes two. I know it's a cliche, but if you're engaged at that level and they're engaged in that level and then you lock horns, then there's no way to, come to uh, uh, you know mutual agreement that's going to actually benefit everyone involved. Um, 
I'm wondering if we could go back and you mentioned uh, that maybe you wanted to say more about preeminence. This is interesting to me because oh. of the king archetype that yes. the podcast is named after. And one of my missions is to make a space and a voice or a place for those who have king energy. It can be men or women, often, often men. I'm actually really calling on the men because there's great need for the masculine energy. And, you know, there's, there's two versions. It, it, it is a, it is a path that requires a great deal of vigilance because if you yourself feel that you desire that preeminence, you want to rule over people with your power. You want to control people with your power and you don't have that direct relationship with God that will forever regulate that. Then, you know, we can see lots of evidence for those runaway uh, tyrants that are, that are Kings but don't have that relationship with God. So I'm curious if there's anything more that you want to say about that story. Well, there, there is. Do, do we have five minutes for me to read a poem by Rudyard Kipling? For sure. Absolutely. Right, go ahead. Go. It's called The Old Issue. He wrote it in October 1899. Some of it's a little difficult to understand what he's saying, but I hope you'll pick up on it. And I hope I read it well. Can you hear me? Okay. I went to a different page on... Is okay? Perfectly. The old issue. Here is nothing new, nor aught unproven, say the trumpets. Many feet have worn it, and the road is old indeed. It is the king, the king we schooled aforetime. Trumpets in the marshes in the ayat at Runnymede. Here is neither haste nor hate nor anger, peal the trumpets. Pardon for his penitence or pity for his fall. It is the king inexorable trumpets, trumpets round the scaffold at the dawning by Whitehall. He hath veiled the crown and hid the scepter, mourned the trumpets. He hath changed the fashion of the lies that cloak his will. Hard die the kings, ah, hard, dooms hard, declare the trumpets, trumpets at the gangplank where the brawling troop decks fill. Ancient and unteachable, abide, abide the trumpets. Once again the trumpets, for the shuddering groundswell brings clamor over ocean of the harsh pursuing trumpets, trumpets of the vanguard that have sworn no truce with kings. All we have of freedom, all we use or know, this our fathers bought for us long, long ago. Ancient right unnoticed as the breath we draw. Leave, now hear this, leave to live by no man's leave underneath the law. Lance and torch and tumult, steel and gray goose wing wrenched it inch and ell and all slowly from the king, till our fathers, established after bloody years, how our king is one with us, first among his peers. So they bought us freedom, not at little cost. Wherefore must we watch the king, lest our gain be lost? Over all things certain, this is sure indeed. Suffer not the old king, for we know the breed. Give no ear to bondsmen, bidding us endure, whining. He is weak and far, crying time shall cure. Time himself is witness, till the battle joins, deeper strikes the rottenness in the people's loins. Give no heed to bondsmen, masking war with peace. Suffer not the old king, here or overseas. They that beg us barter, Wait his yielding mood, pledge the years we hold in trust, pawn our brother's blood. 
How so great their clamor, whatsoe'er their claim, suffer not the old king under any name. Here is not unproven, here is not to learn, it is written what shall fall if the king return. He shall mark our goings, question whence we came, set his guards about us, as in freedom's name. He shall take a tribute, toll of all our ware, he shall change our gold for arms and arms we may not bear. He shall break his judges if they cross his word. He shall rule above the law, calling on the Lord. He shall peep and mutter, and the night shall bring watchers neath our window, lest we mock the king. Hate and all division, hosts of hurrying spies, money poured in secret, carrion breeding flies. Strangers of his counsel, hirelings of his pay, these shall deal our justice, sell, deny, delay. We shall drink dishonor, we shall eat abuse for the land we look to, for the tongue we use. We shall take our station, dirt beneath his feet, while his hired captains jeer us in the street. Cruel in the shadow, crafty in the sun, far beyond his borders shall his teachings run. Sloven, sullen, savage, secret, uncontrolled, laying on a new land, evil of the old. Long forgotten bondage, dwarfing heart and brain. All our fathers died to loose. He shall bind again. Here is not adventure, random nor untrue, swings the wheel full circle, brims the cup anew. Here is not unproven, here is nothing hid, step for step and word for word, so the old kings did. Step by step and word by word, who is ruled may read, suffer not the old kings, for we know the breed. All the right they promise, all the wrong they bring, Stewards of the judgment, suffer not this king. And that was Caiaphas, and that was Diotrephes, and that is so many people that have dragged the hum, human spirit into the mud and dirt, the mud made by blood. Come on, people, we don't need this anymore. If we'll pull together and believe in something together and, and be a people once again, faithful, that God is real, whether you believe, whether you're a Jew or a Shinto or, or Plains Indian, doesn't make any difference. We all know that when we do good, we get good. And that this that we call God determines the destiny of both men and nations. So what will we choose? We can choose the truth. We can stand against those corrupt spirits that want the preeminence at our expense. We can learn we can become wise. We can help each other become wise. And I think that's the real big key to all of this. That's the power of it all. That when we finally join together and say, brother, sister, let me help you learn. Let me show you. We have something worthwhile to believe in. Our king is our peer. He is one of us. Wow. That was beautiful. Michelle liked I, it too. I didn't write it. Yeah, yeah, Richard Kipling. You said, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I need to read those things. I I can hear a little bit as as it goes. But the what do you think, or can you share with us what the overall message that is there in that? That it, it is it is it the same like to to watch out for oh, the nature of the king? Oh goody, <laughs> oh goody. All right, Book of Samuel. So according to the Book of Samuel, and again, whether you want to believe it or not, it's beside the point. The story is the same whether you believe whatever, anything. You don't have to believe anything to understand the story. 
you're in so good company here, just so you know. According to the story, uh, people came to Samuel and they said, well, well, all these other nations, they've got a king and they've got chariots and they've got all this wonderful stuff. And, and so we really, we'd like to have a king. So would you go ask God if it's okay for us to have a king? And I'll paraphrase it. it may sound silly, but that's what it says. You can read it for yourself in the book of Samuel. So in the Old Testament, for those of you who don't know where it is. So according to the story, Samuel goes to God, goes in prayer, does whatever he does, and he talks to God. And God says, no, 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 no. You do not want this. This is not a good idea. Uh, forget it. You, it's not your best. I want what's best for you. So let's just don't even go down that road. We're not going to have a king. It's not a good idea. Go tell him it's not a good idea. So this is in the book. Uh, I paraphrase it for you, but that's actually what it says. And so Samuel theoretically went back to God and, and uh, I'm sorry, went back to the people. And he said, it's not a good idea. Let's don't do it. And they said, we don't care. We don't care what God says. We don't care what the truth says. We want a king. So they had one and they had a whole bunch of kings. And then we had kings throughout history. And some of them were okay. Most of them ruled us. Uh, and then some people got the idea that what we would do is we'll create a thing. We could call it a parliament. We could call it a Congress. We could call it whatever. And, and we, the people will elect these people and we won't have a king, not that kind of king. Even in England today, uh, King Charles, he's a peer. He may eat, he may eat caviar when he wants to, which, you know, people that are working in some little bodega on the corner down somewhere in London downtown, and, you know, they probably don't get caviar all that often, but, but he is not their leader. He is a peer. And these people in in Great Britain came up with this idea, and then these really clever people in Philadelphia came up with an idea, and and so now we have this system of government that exists here and in a few other nations, which has the idea that we all are, we're the people. We, we're, we're what it's all about. Governments exist solely because they serve the needs of the people. The government doesn't exist for its own purpose. The government exists for the, for the welfare of the people. And we've gotten away from the kings. However, you see, if you look about you, you will see popping up here and there heads on TV who want to have that preeminence. They want to break the law. They want to change the Constitution that millions of young men died for. Excuse me for getting angry, but I do get it angry from time to time. I had a friend who was a four-star general and another one was a brigadier and a admirals that were friends of mine. And I remember one that, now I got to get emotional, forgive me, but he was an old captain and he had run ships across the Atlantic in World War II. And as they went across the Atlantic, he told me, I, I, they don't like to talk about it, these old men. Of course, most of them are dead now. I was young when I knew them. And he said, I said, well, what was it like? And he, 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 he trembled. And he said, well, we, we can see the fires. We could see the men bobbing in the water, waving at us to pick them up. And we couldn't stop because of the U-boats. We have a treasure in this country. We have something that we could claim today. We could grasp hold of. We could fight for. We could stand up simply by fighting for the truth, simply by resisting 
the darkness and the ugliness and the hateful invective that comes against our nation and comes against everything is sometimes I feel like the people that do these things, they just do it so they'll look important in the eyes of someone else. But there it is again, the spirit of Diotrephes, to have the preeminence. And it's a lie. None of us have the preeminence. Even those who think they do, they don't. No. I have one more story for you, and I... I love to be able to do this, but I remember there was a story where the, the fellow had, was being, was being uh, his funeral in, uh, what is that place in London where they put all those people? Anyway, the, the big cathedral, and they darkened it. And the bishops all came in, and, and the heads of the church, and they each had a candle, and they went up forward to where the, the beer was, the coffin, and they turned their candle over and extinguished it. And this long train of, of men with candles came up. And then when the last one extinguished his candle, he shouted to the group assembled, only God is great. Whether you believe in, what do you believe in, in the God of Christians, or the God of the Jews or the Shintos or the Sikhs or whatever, whatever you believe in, you have to believe there is a reality in which we move and live and have our being. And it has structured the universe in such a way that when we do good, good happens to us in the long run, maybe not right away, but it does because that's the way this, which we call God, has structured our universe. Apples fall down, they don't fall up. And if we're kind and we're positive and we help each other to find this spirit that that is, I believe, that truly is America. America means far more than a nation or boundaries or or political influence. We're way more than that. We are a spirit and we need to come back to life and we need to help each other to lift this spirit for all the world to see because there are people suffering in Africa, suffering in Europe, suffering all over the world. And it doesn't have to happen. We don't have to do this. Winston Churchill himself said, if, if people had only paid attention to the opportunities that were presented to create unity and brotherhood and, and, and dialogue, World War I wouldn't have had to happen. All those young boys in the trenches with their gas masks being ordered to go up and run through the barbed wire into a, a hail of machine gun bullets. That's, this happened. It was real. Those who say these things didn't happen need to be taken out and, 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 and taught a lesson. And It's true. And the only thing that prevents us from having to be in that situation today is a set of absolute truths that are beautiful things that protect the little guy the honest guy, the fair guy. And that's what America is, people. And please embrace it. As a Scotchman would say, hi to it. Wrap your arms around it. Protect it. Do it for the children. There you go. Beautiful. Uh, when you're talking about uh, Samuel and the recommendation, don't get a king and here's how it's going to turn out. Right. And the many repetitions, as uh, Blue Sky pointed out, very many examples in the Bible of that, that this won't go well, cautionary tale. <laughs> and here we are, I would say, in Revelations. And uh, one of my colleagues had talked quite a bit about the beast with the ten horns representing the ten nations and the ten kings and how this is their hour, hour of power or whatever, the one hour when they reign over the earth. 
is this something that you think about and what where are we headed you know with that style of leadership so-called leadership that's not leadership at all that has no justice at the heart of it how do you see the possibility for people to live do you, do you think that we can you know are those kings going to self-destruct what 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 do you feel i know it's a, a purely opinion okay, I'll, question I'll, I'll be good i'll be a good lawyer okay and i'll dodge the bullet <laughs> Here we go. Okay. I, I think we come together that this actually happens and that we win. That's what I think. I believe that that's what this is all about. This is the plan. And there will be an age when there will be peace. When, when the people in Russia, right now, there are people in Russia that are pretty fed up with the Kremlin. They really are. They're beginning to scratch their heads and say, "Do is this really the kind of government we want? Is this what we want where, where we can't say anything or we're going to be taken out and poisoned or locked up in jail or, or shot in the head? Uh, I think this is happening. There's even some of that taking place in China. China is very powerful. But China has a history, and the culture of China is not like the culture of America. It's not like the culture of Europe. They were traditionally over the centuries of people who were happy with what they had. We're, we're okay. We just want to farm and cook and make babies and have a roof over our head and play a song at night and sing in front of the fireplace. We're no different from anybody else. And if we would simply, and I won't say if we would, as we move forward and lift this lamp that is America, we will show the world this is the best way. But right now, we've got to... I hate to hate to paraphrase somebody that in the past, but we need to take out the trash, and we can't take out the trash until we know how what our tools and weapons are to take out the trash. And taking out the trash is just saying to these people, you can't lie to us anymore. We have the internet. We have the ability to find all these things on the internet. <laughs> As one of my two of my sons say, actually, uh, I have a device. <laughs> I have a device. <laughs> You can't hurt me anymore. You can kill me, but you can't destroy the truth. And we can share the truth using this device. But please, let's stop sharing the invective and the anger and the anti this and anti that. And, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Come on, it's not getting us anywhere. Come mm -hmm. on, we can do this and we will do this. So, yes, the 10 kings, whatever, whatever they want to do, you know, and they're going to implant us with this and the 666 and all that other stuff. I, I've read all that. I've read all these Bibles, not just the King James. I've read the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads and the, the Sikh Bible three times. They all say the same thing. God is real. God rewards good. God will sooner or later punish stupidity. And if we want to continue to be stupid, then we're going to be punished. But we have a choice today. And I believe more and more people are making this choice to wake up and not going to be stupid anymore, actually going to find out what this is all about and stand together and stop being angry and, and disenfranchised and divided. Oh, my gosh. How, how can we hate somebody just because they disagree about something? And then we hate them. They have to live over there. We'll live over here. You know, it's insane. And it, we don't have to live like that. And I believe that we've already begun to see this transformation there's more love in the world today than I've ever known, just meeting people on, on the street or at the grocery store. But when I get onto the Internet, I see an awful lot of people struggling to, 
to have that spirit of diatrophies and and here let me tell you something bad let me tell you what happened don't you know about the irs don't you know about the illuminati and then men with esquire on their names and the world bank and all this and they go on and on and on and so i just turn to them as i beg everyone listening to me to decide this moment you will do the same and i say to them well what do you want to do about it do you want to do something about it or you just want to sit around complaining about it so i think we can do something and i know what that something is we learn what the tools and weapons of justice really are so that we can make peace james in the book of James, chapter 3, I think it's verses 17, 18, somewhere along in there, it says, The wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, and full of mercy. Then it says this, The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Well, complaining about what's wrong is not making peace. It's making more trouble. So we can, and I believe we are, and we will, get with the program. It's been known for millennia, the program, and it's called Love Your Brother. Be kind. Work for something worthwhile. Stop complaining and be happy. Be thankful. You know, you woke up this morning. You got, you were able to go to a, get in your car and drive where they have pavement. They have interesting thing, Beth. They have these things called pavements. There's, there's, you know, there's asphalt and concrete. I can get from here to the grocery store without walking through any mud or cutting down any trees. And when I get there, they've got bread, they've got canned. My gosh, I got this, uh, the cranberry sauce. Wow, it was in a can. I was able to do all that today. I was able to drive a little automobile and, and, and people that want to complain about America, they need to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you take a question from the chat, just from something that you were saying a little bit ago? If it's not about a case, yes. Okay. Uh, you can. I guess you can decide whether you want to answer this, uh, asking if you could comment on the Fatima predictions regarding Russia. I have no idea. Okay, I don't either. So, sorry, Wolfgang. <laughs> that was quick and easy. And uh, yeah, I think there was one more question that kind of was case related and uh, i apologize it's way back on the chat if anyone wants to re-ask given the theme of what we're talking about today and uh yeah so it's not about going to war with the kings would you say it's more about making the kings irrelevant that we look after our own matters right the bible says um, settle with your brother out of court so rather than go into court and let them smash you with a hammer if you could but but that is all there, there's more to that where it goes on and says that if he won't hear you you go with a brother and if he won't hear you then i think you bring another brother maybe and then if he won't hear you you take it to the church but today we have five I'll, go ahead i'll have to offend people sorry the truth is offensive sometimes we have 501c3 corporations that call themselves churches that are n- no more intending to handle those kinds of matters than fly to the moon so we're, we have the courts and if the churches would provide that service, all and good, wonderful. If you have a, if you can possibly get your church to help you work it out with the person you borrowed money from to buy your house, and now you don't want to pay it back, and you think the church, the bank is crooked because they wrote off the the debt, and now you don't owe it, even though you promised to pay it, and you're causing everybody else's um, interest rates to go up because you're one of the hundreds of thousands who refuse to pay, and let us hold the bag. 
you know, it just comes back to the same thing, Beth. It's always the same thing. Every melody that humanity suffers, it suffers because somebody believes something that isn't true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's why I'm a fan of the private domain because, you know, the, when people sign the membership agreement to join the House of Free Will, which is my ministry, they are agreeing that we are going to handle our own disputes. Good. And, may, and maybe it's going to come to tribunal, but according to that agreement, they could never sue another member or sue me or take it to the legal system. And judges will uphold this. There's actually a case that's been discovered here, some case law in Canada which you'll probably find uh, um, amusing that uh, a sex club, which I don't have, you know, any, um, I don't condone that or, you know, I don't, I also don't need to judge that, but um, the police raided them. They tried to take them down and the judge ruled like, no, this is actually, you guys have contracts with your members. I cannot intervene with that. And so we, so we saw if the private domain can be upheld in in the courts, in the legal system, for something that's not virtuous, then we can do virtuous things in the private and have that be confidently upheld. Well, you know, love thy neighbor. Um, you know, the golden rule, do unto others. And it's time. I mean, here we are. It's Christmas 2022. Uh, we don't need any more war. I like that song back in the Vietnam days. You know, war. Huh? What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And we yeah, don't yeah. have to have it. But but to to get to that point where we don't have war, we have to win these other people's minds to the truth. We have to win these people in these other nations to cause them to understand that that this democratic way of living is a better way of living. And when we allow the nonsense that's going on in this country to continue, it, it doesn't bode well. It doesn't induce these people in these other nations to think, well, why should we be like them? They don't have it together. But by golly, we could have it together in just a, maybe a year, maybe less than a year, certainly no more than a generation. We could have it together. We could pull all this together that William Penn called the holy experiment, that George Washington called the grand experiment. We could all come together and make it work. It will work, but we have to make it work. E pluribus unum, you know, out of many, one. It's time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think of this from Blue Sky? All wars are banker wars. <laughs> well, I think all wars result from someone who has the spirit of Caiaphas, who wants to, who wants to be top dog. He wants to have his cronies. He wants to have his lieutenants. He wants to order people around. And uh, I don't want to live like that. I don't want you to have to live like I don't want anybody to have to live like that. And we go back to the that line in, in Kipling's poem, The Old Issue. I wish you'd, Audrey would read it. But where he says here, bear with me now. He says, leave to live by no man's leave underneath the law. In other words, to, to put that in, to use the words differently, we would say the right to live by no man's permission. We don't, I don't want a man's permission as long as I live underneath the law. And in this country, we have the ability to control what the law will be. But we cannot control what the law will be if we continue to allow 
justices and people from these elitist law schools in New England tell us what morality is. And that's what's been happening for a very long time. And it doesn't have to be like that anymore. Because <laughs> as my sons get together, they say, I have a device. I have information here. This was unheard of. This was impossible 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. I, I have a Kindle. I have all of Shakespeare, all of, all of William Penn. I have William, well, William Shakespeare. I have, I just read uh, uh, Churchill. I mean, I must have 700 pounds of books in a gadget that's, that weighs about six ounces. We can do this. Get away from the television set mm -hmm. and, and, and help each other. Above everything else, let's help each other and encourage each other to believe in the good and stand up for the good and forgive ourselves from this for the stupid things that each and every one of us have done in the past when we were younger and move on. Mm -hmm. Move on. We're not going back. We're not going to be children anymore. You know, Paul said, I put away foolish things. I became a man. I'm ready to move on. So let us, the American people, leave all that childish stuff behind and teach each other and stand up for what's right and be good. And thank God we had somebody who was born in a, in a crib lined with straw in a manger. That's what a manger is. I don't think many people even know a manger. It's manja manja. It means to eat. It's where the mm -hmm. cows ate was a manger. It's what, they, it's what the word came from, where right. the cows ate. And the shadow of the cross was on him. And he suffered a terrible, terrible death so that we would know what injustice is and come together and fight for justice because justice is the only power that is ever going to secure liberty and freedom and prosperity and peace. It has to come from justice. And now's the age. Let us do this. Let's celebrate Christmas next year. No, not next year. Today. We'll start today. We'll start right now. And we're going to start celebrating Christmas in a new way. And stand up for people that are being abused and overrun. Why on earth we are not doing more to help the people in Africa? I don't, I don't understand. I've been to Haiti. I know what it's like there. I've been to the Dominican. I was in the Dominican Republic. It was horrible. Some of the things I saw simply because of their education. Education is cheap. Sending money over there for, you know, sending them food and sending them food and sending them food is, is a nice thing to do. But sending them some education, teach them how to do things, teach them how to run their country, teach them how to take down the despots that are that are running their country, that are occupying offices in these nations, in the Caribbean and in, in, and in South America and Central America. And uh, to some extent in Canada, I had to deal with our CMP one time. Well, that was a fun adventure, you know, <laughs> but it's everywhere. But we can do this. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's not rocket science. It's not something that a, that, that a person with a 100 IQ can't figure out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hear you. So we're starting to come up on the time that you had, okay. and I'm just curious about if I could ask you one more question. Okay. And so I know that you have um, a passion for the children. That's what you started about uh, talking about today, and mm -hmm. the education of the children in particular, obviously, because they are going to be, you know, the next generation is the one that's going to create the world that we live in. 
And so how do you see that practically happen happening? I, I understand okay. the principles of okay. it, but how do you see it actually playing out? All right. So whether I get to do it, whether I get to lead the charge or whatever, but whether, whether we get to do it or someone else will do it, someone will develop a set of curriculum materials, e-curriculum, we'll call them, with animations, interactive uh, activities for the children, and we'll start in kindergarten. And they will. this will be put together as a package. We won't try to sell it yet. What we want to do is show it to the American public. It's not going to be cheap. Somebody has to do this. I'm sorry, that's just people will not work for free. I can't get people to work. If I could, I'd, I'd have a whole room full of people working right now. But we can create this e-curriculum from K through 12. Believe it or not, everything I learned in law school was really easy. It's just that the way they made us learn it was hard. It's, I say that sounds silly, but it's true. And how was that, that it was hard? We had to read cases. We had to read appellate court opinions, dry appellate court opinions. I'll give you one. It's, I, I, I think it's so great. Uh, I think it was called Hamer versus Sid, Sidwe or something like that. It's, a, a man had a scar on his hand. We, we had to read these cases to find out more about the obligation of contract, what a tort is, my duty to other people not to damage other people, and if I damage them, to be you know, subject to the effect of the law that's going to make me compensate them for their losses and put them in their status quo ante and all that. Well, this one fellow, for example, he got a scar on his hand from something, so he went to a doctor, and the doctor said, oh, I can fix it. I'll make it, I'll make it just like new. So he, he took some skin off the man's chest, Hamer versus Sidway, that's it. He took some skin off the man's chest and grafted it on his hand. And guess what happened? It grew hair. So he sued. And if you read the appellate court opinion, you'd go to sleep before you could get through it. I mean, it's dry. It's just arid. And you wonder, what are we talking about here? That's what we did for three years. We read cases. That's what lawyers have been doing for at least three or four hundred years. We read cases. Well, here's a new way. <laughs> I have a device. I can have e animations that can show this little fella. Well, doctor, can you really make it right new? You know, and well, now I've got hair. And teach the children. Hamer versus Sidway in the seventh grade, so they understand what it means. What is an expectation? What does that word mean? What is an expectation? Why shouldn't every human being have a pretty good idea what that word means? What is an expectation? I enter into a contract with you. I, you, I loan you money. I have an expectation you're going to pay me back. You have an expectation I won't come and make you pay any more as long as you make the payments on time. Those are but we're not teaching any of that, and we could be. So we'll put this whole package together. I'm coming to the end of it. We will show it to the American public, and the mothers and fathers in this country will demand that we put legal education, public education, public justice education in our schools. That's how we're going to do it. It will be done. Whether I do it or someone else does it, I know it will happen because it has to happen. Very good. Yeah, I hear you. I'm not a fan of schools, so... Oh, shoot. Give me one second. I just unplugged myself. Bad idea. <laughs> Sorry. One second. There we go. I'm back. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, but I'm all for for education. I'm all for children learning who mm-hmm. will naturally learn. This is something you don't have to, you know, tie them down to a desk and force feed them anything. It can be part of life and see you know where are things actually relevant um, and fun. It can and be fun. fun interactive exactly and yeah. i mean do you, do you, do you not recommend i've got i've got some guys in canada here that are really going hard on reading the case law and understanding this and and looking for support for their particular cases which i won't get into but uh, so do you think that is is not the best path for them or or do we have to do that until there are better resources that you're talking about well, I, I think if you're going to win a case today you're going to have to do some research and find what we call case law, controlling mm-hmm. appellate court opinions mm-hmm. that you can show to the judge and say, well, excuse me, but your bosses say this. And so we're going to have to go along with what your bosses say. But what I want to see is for the children to understand some of these, what we call the old common law cases that establish what justice is, what our obligations are to each other and what are the limitations of those obligations, not just something broad, like, you know, love your neighbor. Well, that's all wonderful, but love your neighbor what does that mean when uh, when somebody goes to a bar and gets completely inebriated and goes out and kills a handful of children because he's racing down you know where does the love your neighbor come in why can't we understand these fundamental principles of american justice that i spent over a hundred thousand dollars in three years of my life learning that i can teach an eighth grader if they can sit still for a weekend it doesn't make any sense for us not to be doing this and whether we use the public schools or the private schools or, or home schools or just put it out there on the internet for everybody or how about this how about a, a cable channel you know mm-hmm. the, the the justice channel not about we're not going to do you know judge judy we're not going to do that no we're going to going to have a revolving constant law school on this justice channel that ford will support and 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 people that are selling pharmaceuticals will support this and, and we will teach the American people what America is all about so that they understand justice is the power. You can't have freedom. You can't have liberty. Your, your, what you call rights don't mean a thing if you can't enforce them. And if somebody else is going to run everything, they're going to run the show for you and tell you this is where you go. Step and fetch it. If that's you want to, where you want to live, you know, just ignore me. If that's the right. way you want to live, you want to be a step and fetch it and a, 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 the man's boy, well, you be the man's boy, but not this man. And I don't want anybody to be the man's boy. I want you all to be your person, your, your, your magnify all that you can be. Achieve every, every scintilla of the potential that God has put in you. Help And help other people to find that scintilla of potential that they have because i've been remain i remain fully persuaded that every one of us has that scintilla of potential and too many people don't know about it and too many people are being ignored too many people that could be sculptors or artists or writers or poets or musicians or 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 statesmen and stateswomen to do the right thing for a change my gosh we just can't keep doing the wrong thing we just can't Mm -hmm, indeed I was up until 4 a.m. finishing my Finder Sacred Purpose course that people have already been going through. It's the very last module. And uh, when I first put it out, I thought, oh, nobody's going to be interested in this. I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall, wondering what to do next. And uh, I had this huge amount of interest two years ago. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, everybody wants to know their sacred purpose. So I revamped the course this year, putting my all into it 
bringing it right up to date with what I've learned, which is a lot in the last couple of years, how to do that inner work. And it's exactly what you're saying, that when you set your sight on, because the hero's journey, your purpose is to serve others. That's that's the bottom line. How are you gifted? What did God give you? How can you cultivate that? And then uh, turn around and be in this circle of both giving and receiving with your people, not all of humanity, right? Those are not all our brothers and sisters, but those who who um, do the will of my father, as we talked about just before the, the interview. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that you've come here today and have shared your uh, legacy with us. That's what I always feel when I think of you, that you're, you're very much leaving mm-hmm. your legacy walking no. forward and uh, no, or at least no. intending to. No, no, I inherited other people's legacy. I know about what they are and what there's nothing special about me other than I have found truth in the writings and spirits of people that have long been deceased. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about me at all. It's all about that which I've learned from others. We stand on the shoulders of giants. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you for this time. You're very welcome. And Merry uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Dr. Graves. I'm going to stay on. I want to share about a um, a GoFundMe that is going around to actually raise money for uh, my Canadian colleagues who are working very hard in law but don't have access to enough case law. And, uh, you know, because only lawyers can afford those services where that you get the full enchilada of, of case law. So I want to make sure people know about that and have a chance to uh, to uh, assist. Maybe even you would be interested in contributing. And I'm going to share a link also before uh, to to your course. You have been generous with me for the How to Win in Court uh, course. If anybody's interested, then I'm going to share a link in the chat. Of course, it is very worthwhile. Most people, I believe, around here do know this, but if you intend to go to court with a lawyer, you are severely disadvantaged. Educate yourself instead with this link. Full disclosure, this is a an affiliate link. Dr. Graves is generous to share the profits of his uh, earnings, and so you're welcome to use that link. It's also in the show notes below. And uh, And I'm also going to quickly share, this is from my friends I've been working with for the last couple of years, helping to support them doing interviews such as this. Uh, We have a number of workshops in the House of Free Will that are law related with uh, Brett Fountain and Brandon Big Sib and James uh, the Patriot came and gave a great workshop the other day. Maybe you'd be interested to uh, come in the House of Free Will as well. And here is the link to their Give, Send, Go. They are trying to get access to, I believe it's a um, $5,000 annual fee for the case law that they feel that they would find in support of our uh, Canadian Bill of Rights, which is better than our uh, Constitution by far. And it still very much stands and upholds the principles of, uh, of God. So I hope you do. Have a beautiful Christmas, Dr. Grace. Thank you. thank you. Thank you for taking the time and being passionate about this subject. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Beth. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, my dears. Yeah, never trust a, a liar, flat smack. <laughs> I agree. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and this righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's beautiful. I love that. Hello, Glenda Heisler. Nice to see you. Sandra, welcome. I'm glad you came. Thanks. Merry Christmas to you as well, Joy. Super good. And uh, Michelle, that's great. I'm glad you're here. Yes, I believe it was a good discussion as well. 
All right. Yeah, we need kids educated properly indeed. Yeah, teach them how to stand up for themselves, <clears throat> not to just suffer fools wisely. Yeah, we have bar attorneys and uh, it is a private association, which explains how they are able to get away with murder. We'll just call it that. All right. Well, I might be uh, on in the next couple of weeks, just casually myself. I don't have any interviews planned. I have actually booked off all of my work. I'm going to take a, a little break between Christmas and New Year's. And I wish you guys all the very best. If you're celebrating with family, have an amazing time. Uh, if you don't celebrate, that's totally fine. Uh, this is the least Christmassy. Like you can't see anything Christmas here. This is the least Christmassy. I've been just giving myself permission to not... Uh, go down that rabbit hole that I often found stressful. So I'm just doing my work, keeping my head down. If you are part of the Find Your Sacred Purpose course already, the last module is going to drop probably this evening. I'm just putting some finishing touches on it. And we're going to be starting a coaching group on uh, finding your purpose. What are you, what are you, you know, what's, I was going to say, what's your, what you're passionate about, but really what are you wired for? What are the gifts that God has given you and how to crack the code of that rather than sit and hold your head or, Stay awake at night wondering how you're here to serve and uh, intimately interact with your human family, your brothers and your sisters, who, if you define, in that, define it that way, do the will of God. <clears throat> and Winnipeg Christmas minus 40. Yeah, it is. I, I, I affectionately call it minus 90. <laughs> it has been intense here. No more going outside. Ocean, my cat, if you know who he is, is, uh, is depressed, definitely. Although we get a lot of hugs and a lot of love and... He just doesn't know what he wants anymore. And we do stand on the shoulder of giants. That's how we can do anything extraordinary on our own. We really actually don't have the ability to do that much. It's in cooperation. And I'll say again, you know, this is a really big clue when it comes to sacred purpose. Who are your people? Don't think that you're going to be out there benefiting all of humanity. That would be an impossible task. But if we all do our work for our people, then humanity can get covered in that. And thank you very much, Ian. I'm so glad you were here. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and uh, Charlie Brown tree as well. Yeah, we decorated this this tree last year. That was fun. My little Christmas ficus. But I, I just feel, yeah, Christmas died. I know I'm kind of there. I don't mean to be a, you know, Scrooge or anything like that. I love people have a, have a beautiful time. Whatever meaning you want to make out of this holiday, it's all fine. We had actually a really good talk in the House of Free Will fellowship meeting the other day about Saturnalia and all of those kind of things that can be a little, you know, not fun to talk about because people are enjoying this season and they're having a good time and they're making the best of it and they're being um, gracious and charitable with each other and maybe more kind and uh, <clears throat> more aware of others and taking care of each other. But, you know, could we take care of each other all year? Not just holiday. Anyway, you're getting my bias here. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. And uh, yeah, I think the, the Christmas plans I have so far, I'm going to have a potluck here and uh, with some local folks I haven't seen for a long time. Hello, Linda. Nice to see you. Just uh, nice to enjoy family and friends without the stress. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's going to be a breather. going to rest. going to cuddle up. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to uh, have some Browns gas. Ah, yes. If uh, anybody's interested in um, 
Brown's Gas, I will be interviewing George Weissman in the new year. Some good things coming up. Amanda Vollmer is going to be on in the new year to talk about chemical sense. This has been an Achilles heel for me over my lifetime. I don't know why I'm so uh, assaulted by chemical sense. It's a thing, and she's going to come and speak on that. So I think we have a date uh, January 14th or something like that. There's also going to be another workshop in partnership between the House of Free Will and the Four Corner Table, teaching people how to build services in the private so that'll be at the end of January, and you need to be a member of either my ministry, the House of Free Will, or the Four Corner Table, and I can grab a link for that as well. <clears throat> so give me just one second here to do that. Lots going on. As I mentioned, there are so many already recorded workshops in the House of Free Will. When you become a member, you get access to all of that for free. And uh, Blue Sky, I'm sorry to hear about your mother. I saw that uh, she passed from the, the jabs. Very, very sorry to hear that. That totally does not sound good at all. And here is the application to the House of Free Will. It is also in the show notes below. So if you're just hearing this and not catching the chat, all of these podcasts go up on um, Podbean and um, Spotify and iTunes and all of that. So if you prefer to listen and download these interviews, then you can do that from those platforms. They they go up a little bit later, not immediately, but uh, shout out to Aura who does those for me if you watch my podcast at all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Passover. Yeah, I know that this this time of year is... Uh, I don't want to use bad language, but you know, it's it's definitely not when Jesus was born. Someone I think in the chat earlier put it was a September date, is probably more accurate. And uh, yeah, so there's all kinds of messed up stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't even need to go down that that rabbit hole. Your cousin Vinny is one of your favorite movies. You shared a scene of it. There you go. All right. Well, <laughs> that was 20 years ago. We'll end on a high note, not that Christmas died in 1967, something like that. But um, yeah, so I, I probably will come on and, and do a couple of little streams during the holy days, if you consider them to be that. And all the days are holy. I love life. And to me, you know, the, the ultimate thing is that you have a relationship with God. One of the wisest things I've heard in the last couple of days, if Joey's out there, shout out to you. And it's, um, you know, when, when you walk in faith, it's because you can't see right? That's what calls you to faith because you can't see the path ahead of you, the steps ahead of you. That's why you need faith. And, and how do you have faith? It's not just that, you know, oh, I just call on God when I need God and then I have faith and I'm good. It's why do you, why do you have that faith? What makes faith strong is because of your relationship to God, your ongoing relationship to God, your interaction with not only God's creation and looking deeply to see all the evidence of God and the order of God that exists at every level, but having the actual relationship and ongoing dialogue, the king that won't be the tyrant, that won't be, uh, you know, searching for preeminence, fighting for preeminence over people, but the, the king who is in a constant conversation with God about what is right, what is true, what is real, that is the king that is going to I have to not finish that sentence, not to lead us, but we will all be the leaders and the kings in our own way. So hope, faith, and love, and the greatest of those is love. That sounds like a high note to end on. 
September 29 was uh, more like Jesus' birthday. Okay, I'll take you. I'll take your word on that because I can't prove it any way else. <laughs> All right, my dears. So much love to you. I'm glad that Dr. Graves had a chance to join us today. That was uh, a lovely talk, always inspiring. And I hope I see you guys soon. All right, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Bye for now.